Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very inspiring guest. Uh, He's a good friend of mine, and he's also a client at the moment who I have the pleasure of working with in the lead up to the 2020 Australian Open and also the Paralympics in Tokyo, and that is Dylan Alcott. Um, I think you guys are going to love today's chat. We did it in the gym before one of our sessions. Um, Dylan is a very inspiring person. Um, He's a very charismatic guy. He has a great story to share, which is continuing to build and he's continuing to grow on that story um, each and every single year. He's also a freak athlete, which for those of you that follow me on Instagram will have seen um, some of the amazing stuff that he can do in the gym and and the boundaries that he continues to break um, for himself. So today's chat, as I said, is a great one. He's a very funny guy. We, We have a good chat about some serious things to do with sport and what drives him to be better. Um, a little bit about uh, some work he's done with his foundation as well and how he approaches his mental health and I guess the mental side of being a professional athlete um, and just life in general, but we also have a bit of banter as well. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, But before I get stuck into the interview, you guys know that I very rarely do ads on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. And if I do, it's with a product or a company or a brand or for a person um, that I genuinely believe in. And this product today that I'm about to talk to you about and this episode is brought to you um, by this company is RE3. Now what RE3 is, it's a compression garment that can be used for all different parts of your body Um, and we all know that recovery is a massive contributor to performance. Now RE3 is perfect for I guess post activity, so post training, post injury in particular. Um, A lot of people that I know that have currently had like knee injuries and stuff like that or even surgeries. Um, are now using RE3, a lot of physios and doctors are, are referring their clients on to this product post-surgery and post-injury. Um, you know, we know that icing reduces pain and inflammation and minimizes the need for pain um, and anti-inflammatory meds, which is also, you know, it's obviously always a bonus. Um, I think the biggest thing about this product, and I'm going to have a link to um, the RE3 product in the show notes today so you can guys can go and check it out yourself, is that it's very easy to use. And um, you know, I had a look on their website and they had um, someone's, I guess, testimonial and it was very short, but it, it gets straight to the point. It said something along the lines of it just makes icing easy. Now, RE3 solves a number of problems because of its design. Um, I've had to ice a lot in the past with my ankle and, and a number of different areas that I've had problems with, even my knee. And the thing that's so frustrating is trying to either find a fucking bag of frozen peas that you can use to wrap around your knee or get ice um, that's gonna stay you know, frozen long enough to actually work. And it's just frustrating. So this product's great. Um, it's very comfortable, it's very mobile. You can move it around once it's on. You can actually continue to move yourself once it's on as well. There is no kind of moisture to it. It's all inside of the compression garment, so you don't have to worry about getting things wet and stuff like that. The temperature stays cold for a very long time. So once you've taken it out of the freezer, it stays colder a lot longer. There's also the compression component of it. It's a larger surface. It's very efficient and it's very convenient. So I think I've pumped it up absolutely enough, but I definitely, um, you know, I really like this product. I use it myself. I've got it in the freezer at home and I use it quite often. So I want you guys to go and check out this product. Um, I'll have the link to 
the product in the show notes below and you guys can also use the code in the show notes as well um, to get yourself a little bonus with that product as well. So today's episode is brought to you by RE3. That is it from me now. I'll let you guys listen to today's interview with Dylan. Big dog, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It's, um, you know, I've done a lot in my career. I've uh, been lucky enough to win Grand Slams, gold medals, my own radio show, a Logie, but I'm not going to lie, this would have to be the highlight of my media career so far. I would have DJK thought. Fitness Podcast, baby! I would have thought. I'm very excited. Now, I know you've asked me multiple times to come on the show. And I, I have not to pick you in. Nah. Go oh, hang on. That's not false. <laughs> How many times do I go, bro, get me on your podcast? <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big fan, so it's well, nice to be finally doing it. And um, ironically, we're doing it in the gym where we've been absolutely crushing it lately, which we'll get into a bit later in the episode. Um, but, mate, there's going to be plenty of people that are just G'd to listen to today's episode. I want to keep it um, pretty broad, talk a bit about some mindset stuff, um, obviously what you've done with your tennis career, also basketball, which some people probably don't know about as well, mm-hmm. um, and just a bit of general chat, um, a few random questions for you as well, just to keep it interesting. Love it. Excited. Mate, so for starters, do you want to, um, can I actually get you to tell us a bit about um, like your condition and kind of just explain it, I guess, for people that don't know? For sure. Um, so I was born with a tumour wrapped around my spinal cord, so if you take a small melon, chop the melon in half, stick half of it like in the middle of your back, that's how I was born. So when I was a couple days old, the surgeon decided to remove that tumour in order to save my life. But in doing so, when they cut it out, it damaged my spinal cord, which as a result um, left me a paraplegic. So I've been in a chair my whole life, can't walk, got a little bit of feeling in my legs, which is good, but not much really, can't put any weight through or anything like that. Um, And then, uh, yeah, so I've kind of never never known anything different. You know, I never... Uh, some people often ask me, you know, would you rather have an accident and, you know, when you can walk yeah. and have a wheelchair or be yeah. born like that? And I'm not really sure because all I know is that, you know, I was born like this. Was there any, after that um, initial surgery and when they did hit spinal cord, was there ever, ever any chance of getting that back, that ability back to be able to walk nah, again? Or no, nah? my back's pretty fucked up. <laughs> so I probably had about 20 to 25 operations before I was 11 years old. So it's pretty na- like, you know, all kinds on my kidneys, legs, mm. um, my feet were like sideways to straighten them up because they didn't grow properly. And then a lot of spinal surgeries. But in saying that, um, because of the, the tumor caused something called scoliosis, which yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to your podcast might, you know, go to the gym for to try yeah. and fix some things. My scoliosis was so severe, they didn't think I'd be sitting up straight doing anything, let alone, okay. you know, training with you, yeah, winning yeah, gold medals, yeah. that kind of stuff, man. So I'm very, you know, lucky to be considering how gnarly and touch and go it was as a kid. Mm. Um, there was one time where my dad got asked to take a photo. He got told to take a photo of me because they said I probably wouldn't wake up in the morning. It's insane. So pretty heavy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm you know, so lucky to be here, man. And that's why I'm such a, I think, love living life. Yeah, fucking oath. And obviously, I'm sure there would have been plenty of them. And you said it's all you've ever known. So I guess that comes into it. But what were like some of the obstacles and... and I guess challenges you had to get past, especially early days, you know, in school and yeah. um, and and growing up, and people maybe not knowing what why you're in a chair and all that type it's of good. stuff. The, my first memory was when I was four years old. I was in a pram because I didn't have a wheelchair. Yeah. And a little girl ran up, and you know how like prams have a shade clock. Yeah. yeah. She opened up the shade clock expecting a baby, and she was also four years old, but she saw me. Okay. Someone her age, and she like screamed, and I was like, man, that was the first time I felt really different. Yeah. And that was when I said. I need to get my own wheelchair because I didn't want to be cruising around the pram anymore. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was really lucky at high school. I was like, you know, uh, sorry, primary school. I didn't really care about it. Yep. High school was tough though. You know, I had a few kids that used to always call me like a cripple or a spastic everywhere that I went. And I started believing them for a little while. And 
got really like one of my favorite photos ever, which you've seen is the photo of me when I was 13 years old, where mm. I'm just morbidly obese. Yeah. I've got no eyebrows. Like I, I would have weighed, I, would, I weigh 65 to 67 kilos now. I would have weighed 87 kilos coming. Bulk. So yeah, bulk, bulking. Bulk. I was doing bulking, heaps of Doritos, <laughs> not much lifting. Yeah. So, you know, and then I'm so lucky that, you know, I kind of told myself to stop worrying about the negative things people said to me and start focusing on the, the, mm. you know, the people that love me, which was, you know, I had a good friendship group, but I really, you know, focused on those dickheads that gave me a hard time. And once I got over that, you know, my life changed forever. Mm. And this not only applies for yourself, but I think in general, everyone listening can relate when I say that obviously health and fitness can play a huge role in your mental health and also just in, in making all aspects of your life so much better. So when did you first start getting into, I guess, health and fitness or was it through team sport and what, what made you yeah. make the decision to get into it? Yeah, I strongly, everyone to go look at this photo of me when I was a kid, like I was proper fat. Like my wheelchair is 13 inches wide right now. It used to be like 20, like it was huge. And that was part of my depression, not mm. only because I was different, but I was overweight and that. And, mm. you know, as soon as I, what I started doing, it's, you can do health and fitness anyway, yeah? Yeah, yeah? I lived two and a half Ks for my school, Brighton Grammar. And I, you know, when you start in high school, like you know, I'd have many textbooks you got. Yeah, yeah. I'd load my bag up on the back of my chair with textbooks and push to and from school. Yeah, right. That's how I started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was still playing a bit of tennis and basketball, but that was like I was like a junior and I was unfit. Like that's yeah. how I got fit. And um, man, I just got so much more confident and happy after that. And you know, it sounds stupid, but got better looking and started, yeah, yeah. you know, getting attention from females and mm. things like that. And that all plays a part of it. You know, what I mean, 100%. everyone laughs about it, yeah. but that gave me a pep in my step. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> To get out there, and but I tell you what, I did also. I got a lot fitter at 15, and when I got fitter, yeah. I got a lot better at sport. Right, mm. so oh, I was a good yeah, basketballer yeah. and a good tennis player. But when I got fit, I became like uh, you know one great of the, player. What a great player! Yeah, you know I was in the Australian men's open age team at the age of 16, mm. but I wasn't even close to that at 14. Yeah, but at 15, I got fit, and I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm actually I can actually perform at my yeah. the best level now. Yeah. And again, this this also relates as I just as I said before, not just you deal, but like anyone listening, like it doesn't have to be getting in the best shape of your life to compete in a bloody world championship side. It can be getting in better shape than what you're in now and you'll realise how much more potential you've got in everything else and yeah. how much better your mental health can be. Um, like you said, your confidence levels. I think confidence, particularly in well, I say in females anyway, is such a big thing. Oh. Like getting them in the gym lifting weights, feeling stronger, feeling co- more conf- confident and comfortable yeah. in their own skin, like plays such a big but, role. And to everyone listening, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have the lack of confidence because they think they look stupid in the gym or they're a bit overweight and they don't want to start, but you've got to start somewhere. Mm. And, you know, I I obviously can do everything in the gym, you know, you should see me on the leg press. Well, just kidding. <laughs> Not very good. Um, but we abbreviate <laughs> ways to do things, don't we, Danny? You know what I mean? We do, yeah. Some yeah. of them may look, it might look different to how mm. you do it because you're able-bodied, but yeah. we find a way to do it. Yeah. And, I think that's a great lesson that I learned is anybody can train yeah. in whatever way yeah. they can train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like exactly I can't right. train like you, but I can train like me. Yeah. And you've got to find ways that work for you. And that's across able-bodied, you know, gender, yeah. disability, race, whatever. There's things you can do and things you can't do or things you want to do and things you don't want to do across all your diversity and yeah. points of difference. And regardless as well, like, like Dylan just said, we obviously have to change up a lot of exercises. But this, this is a really good point. It wasn't something I was going to talk about, but I will now, is that you know, I talk a lot about in the gym, there's no such thing as like the one exercise that's going to make you have shredded abs. There's not, no such thing as the one exercise that's going to give you the best legs. It's all about movements. Like if you start thinking of the movements instead of the, the specific exercise, it doesn't yeah. have to be a barbell bench press. Correct. It could be a dumbbell floor press. It could be whatever it is. And the ways that we change up exercise to make sure we're still able to perform the movements 
just in different ways. Exactly right. It gives us exactly the same, if not better results, because we actually have to think about it and, and work on the different angles. That's a great way you put it. Like, you know, I, I struggle on the bench press on a bench because I can't use my legs to balance. So we've abbreviated that to a floor press with, with the barbell that you do, we do together, and how much better have I got? You know, yeah, like 100%. Same movement. Same movement. Just got yeah. the an added stability to be able to do yeah. it. And so you were playing tennis early on because what, what years did you play um, basketball? Yeah, so I started playing tennis when I was 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, I was a pretty good tennis player. Um, and then I started playing basketball at 14, loved it, and then got fit. And then at 15, I was like, wow, I'm actually pretty good at basketball. Um, so I flicked tennis. Yeah. And then, I'm not sure how still, but two years later, so I'd been playing basketball for two and a half years. Mm. I got picked to go to the Paralympic Games when I was still in high school in year 12. Yeah. Um, and then... We played very well as a, t- a team and we were lucky enough to win a, a gold medal. Mm. So I was 17 years old, still in high school when I won a wheelchair basketball gold medal at the Beijing Games. That's insane. Was yeah. Yannick in that side? No, no, so Yannick, the business player, is uh, one of the other kings of Horsham outside <laughs> of Danny Kennedy. Um, Google him if you haven't seen. He's got the best arms you've ever seen. The best pipes you've ever seen, yeah. yeah, yeah he him. will tell you about it. Show him about his face. Yeah. But, um, he, um, so he's, he, he's a, probably like my best friend who played basketball. Um, he... Went to London was his first game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he missed out. So he hasn't won a gold medal yet, but I got the faith in your business. 100%. And then um, what year did you decide that you were going to take tennis a bit more seriously? and have So a we won that? silver. Uh, I, I say won silver loosely. I'm proud I won a silver, but we lost gold because mm. in a two-horse race, unfortunately, you don't win silver, you lose gold. So we lost the final. It was devastating. And that was at the London Paralympics for wheelchair basketball. And I just didn't want to play tennis anymore, uh, basketball anymore, man. Yeah. I actually went backpacking around the world in my wheelchair by myself for seven months really? to clear my head. Um, talk, you talk about mindset and balance. You know, it's so important to do. Every, you know, your job is your job, but you know, sometimes you need to do some other things. And it was really refreshing for me. And I came back and I was like, you know what? I don't want to play basketball anymore. And picked up a tennis racket as a joke, legit. And I was like, man, because I played so much basketball, I'd got so much faster in my yeah. wheelchair. So then I had a crack at tennis and I was like, man, I love this. So um, that was what, mid-2013 and what is it now, six years later, nine Grand Slams, we're number one, pretty crazy. That's insane. What was that process? So you just go and play a local tournament and then just off you go or how does it? Yeah, man. So I went up to my old tennis coach said, can we be hit? Yeah. I just wanted to get a bit fitter because I wanted to get a job on TV. Um, and he said, you're not bad at this. And I was like, oh man, I'm going all right. And um, he's like, why don't we train up and try and get the Australian Open wild card, which I was lucky enough to get. And then played my first Australian Open in 2014 and got my ass kicked. But um, realised I loved it and went back on the world tour. And um, yeah, so the first year I was back, I was ranked number eight in the world after one year, which is pretty quick. And then that's insane. Um, yeah, it was a quick progression for me. But I had the base skills because I play. I was the number. I was in the top ten in the world juniors as a kid, so I was a pretty good player. Okay, already. yeah, yeah. So um, you had the foundation. Had there. the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and you mentioned mindset and um, and the headspace. Do you have like? Is there anything that you're doing currently day-to-day for, for mindset and your mental health and, and headspace? Is it something that you oh. consciously do or is it just, um, yeah, yeah, like I, I talk a lot about meditation, like I do daily meditation but, and gratitude and goal setting and stuff like that. Do you have any kind of ritual or routine you like to follow? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm big on goal setting and things like that. Mm. Um, I tell you the biggest thing that I can say is there is still a stigma. Like, I, do you know, I see a sports psychologist. Yeah. I've got a new mindset coach, a guy called Ben Crow. He's, he's amazing and He's worked with like Ash Barty and um, Roger Federer and Andre Agassi and Dusty Martin and the Richmond Footy Club. He's awesome. But I say to people, I see a psychologist, and people go, you? You see a psychologist? What's wrong? Mm. I say, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. Yeah. But we all go to the gym, do we not? Yet how many people take the time to look after themselves mentally? We yeah, train exactly. our bodies in the yeah. gym. We go for a run. 
But then all of a sudden you say you see a psychologist and everyone goes, oh, are you okay? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm great. I'm just getting better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think we need to work on our mental side of our lives as well. And um, I think, you know, I'm so lucky that the biggest lesson that I can give about mindset is and is this, is the idea of positive perception, right? It's not the events in life that dictates the life that you live. Mm. It's how you perceive those events and the attitude that you take towards them that determines the path that you take. Yeah. So everyone looks at me and goes, man, that, you know, that must suck sometimes, you know, maybe not as much now because I'm a bit famous, but before everyone felt sorry for me, you know, yeah. I'm like, don't feel sorry for me. I've got a beautiful girlfriend, Chantel, I've won gold medals, I travel the world, I've got a great job, I've got a great family, I'm, I'm the luckiest guy yeah. in the world. But people still come up to me and go, man, it must be so hard, you know yeah. what I mean? That's a mindset. Yeah. So we all go through some shit and um, we're allowed to be negative about that shit sometimes, but... Yeah. You know, we only get one crack at it and it's so important to, I guess, sometimes try and find, you know, the gratitude and the positive things to harness yeah. on because um, if you can do that, you know, you can live a pretty healthy and awesome life. You know, you mentioned then, um, you know, a question that I had down here that I, that I wanted to ask is, does it does it frustrate you, um, for example, you see someone that, that is able-bodied and that has the ability and the opportunity to be able to do you know crazy things or amazing things and really push their their boundaries and see what their potential is but they choose not to just through pure laziness or whatever the, the reason may be does that frustrate you and get to you at all or is it just you just don't really doesn't uh, phase you i tell you what frustrates me more people with a disability that don't get out there and have a crack because they feel like the which is true and it's it's a valid argument that that able-bodied people in society don't give them the chances which is so true you know what i mean and yeah. that forces people with a disability to become I guess hide away a little bit because yeah. there's no point getting out there and that's heartbreaking you know, mm. you know? but I, in saying that I've never looked at you or any of my friends or anyone I know and been jealous of the things you can do I yeah. really don't care and yeah. um, one thing that I've learned is I focus on the things that I can control mm-hmm. and yeah, don't good. worry too much about things that I can't and you know in saying that you know I want to have a um, I've got a you know beautiful girlfriend Chantel and we want to have a kid one day and I'm going to have to ask Zach to go, hey, mate, my, Zach's my older brother. Yeah. Can you teach him how to kick a football? And I'm like, that sucks. You know, yeah, I wish yeah. I could do that. Yeah. But I don't dwell on the fact that I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know. Because it's not going to change the result. Yeah. Who yeah, yeah. cares? Yeah. You know? And like pretty much apart from getting up steps, right, by yourself, mm. what can you do that I can't? Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Not much, you know. Yeah. And I well, think, I definitely haven't been to the Olympic Games or played true. in the Australian Open. Or Although a lot of slams. people listening to this podcast might not know that Danny himself was a very good basketballer. Wasn't he? Wouldn't know what you're talking about. See, he always shows. The one question I did have for you though is, um, who, like, who, who would you rank as the number one trainer in Melbourne? Oh, that would be Danny Kennedy. Oh, He's at the Progression <laughs> Fitness Club. Uh, check him out in Melbourne. <laughs> um, you mentioned goal setting before. Do you have like a method or an approach you, you use with goal setting? Like, um, I talk a lot about on the show about I do kind of daily goals. It yeah. might be something as simple as make sure you get that bill paid today and, yep. or it could be something like drink more water and then you obviously have your more longer-term, uh, short-term goals as well. What's your approach with it? Do you just look at it and go, I want to do this and then go out and do it? Yep. Or do you yeah. focus on reverse engineering or what no, is it? No, sh- I've got a get-shit-done attitude mm. is how I describe it. Like yeah. if I'm like, I want to do that or I want to get on this TV show or like, I want to win a Logie, which I did, and I'm like, I can't believe it, but I want a Logie. Yeah. It kind of threw it out there. And- <laughs> But I think the best bit of advice that I can say about that is keep constantly keep updating your goals is what yeah. I would say. Yeah. So people go, how do you do to meet so many things? And I'm like, well, I just kind of want to do it and then I do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can always find a way to do it. Like, you know, I haven't been my 
um, peak fitness because of all the other work that I do. And, you know, I approached you and I was like, let's do this together. Yeah. And what we've been together for two months now, my fitness has just gone unbelievably mm. well. That's yeah, credit yeah. to you, but also credit to the fact that we were like, let's just do it. Find to a do way it. to do yeah. it and we've got to do it. I reckon and, we spoke about it. Within the moment we spoke about it, the moment we started was about yeah. two days. Yeah, days. two days. And then yeah. look, look at the great results we've yeah. had. And, yeah. and I think that's because we both got that attitude. Like, no, no, we're just going to do it. And there'll be so many barriers to entry for all of us, mm. whether you want to be a lawyer, whether you want to go on a date with that guy and girl, whether you want to be a Paralympian, whether you want to start your own gym, whether you want to you know, finish uni, whatever your goal mm. is, just find a way to do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think fortune does favor the brave and if you be bold and put yourself out there good things tend to happen and i think with your goals be bold with your goals and be bold with how you want to f- approach them and get them because you know why the hell not yeah outside of tennis and and fitness and stuff like that what do you what do you like to do i mean i think you know how many i do i probably do too much I've got to look after myself but, yeah um i you know, I have my own foundation called the Dylan Orcott Foundation where we help kids with disabilities achieve their dreams. Yeah. I've got a consulting company called Get Skilled Access where we work with governments and corporates to help them better understand people with disabilities. So to improve like things like customer service and products and services, mm. but also to improve, to get them ready to employ people with disabilities. Yeah, yeah. We work with like the federal government and a whole bunch of people. But I'll tell you what else I like doing. I like having a beer. I like going yeah, to a music yeah. festival. Yeah. You know, I like getting out there and being myself. And, you know, we all, I know a lot of people that would listen to your podcast would be around our age, you know, yeah, young yeah. people, and you can find a trap of falling in love with your job a bit and things like that, but you've yeah. got to find time to look after yourself, but also to relax and enjoy yourself. And I think athletes are a good example. How many athletes do you know that all they do is play sport, they get a pocket full of money, they retire, and they go off the rails? Yeah. yeah. It's because they've never done anything else. Yeah. Never gone to uni, never had any mates. Once they lose that structure and never had a beer. People telling them what to do, they yeah. have no idea what to and do. And then, and you know, why can't you occasionally, you know, go out and have a good time and enjoy yourself? You know, you've you got to look after yourself mm. mentally and, and feel like a normal person as well. And, you know, I try and do that as well, you know, within reason. Yeah. Your, your uh, attitude towards both winning and losing, once, once you've won a big tournament, say you win the Oz Open. Um, what's your thought process? Is it, you know, I'm going to take some time to relax now and, and just enjoy this or is it, all right, what do I need to do next to win the next one? Oh, no, no, you can't. I mean, there are people like Rafael Nadal who would be like, all right, I'll, I've won and I'll think about that for six hours and then I'm on to the next one because mm. that's just the kind of guy he is. And I definitely enjoy when you have a big yeah. win, as you should. Um, it's definitely, you know, they don't come around every day, so you've got to enjoy mm. it. But then you do have to move on to the next one. But in saying that... Um, you know, I take losses really tough. Mm. Like I'm very gracious in defeat, but it hurts me. And, uh, it, you know, you've really got to find ways to get better and constantly improving and things like that. And, and I had a big loss at the US Open this year, which I didn't expect. And I didn't, I hadn't really needed to, ha- you know, I'd been lucky enough that I hadn't lost in 18 months. And um, I hadn't, you know, mindset so important and the mental game of tennis. And you have a lot of tricks out there, you know, you call them cues. So, just so you start getting a bit negative, you do something to get out of that. Yeah. So I used to blow on my hand or sometimes you might close your eyes, smile and nod or whatever it is and helps you clear your head. Um, however, I hadn't really needed to use them for 18 months. So I forgot about them. So, mm. you know, not only that, I probably wasn't as fit as I wanted to be. So, you know, that loss has definitely, you know, propelled me into hopefully getting better and playing better and things like that. And um, But in saying that... Um, you know, when you win a Grand Summer gold medal, bloody oath you have a few beers, mate. Yeah, bloody oath. As you should. Not sure I have a few beers. <laughs> Not sure I have a few beers at the uh, NBL either and just 
Well, actually, smacking, that, a, smacking a few three balls. You and I went to the basketball together, didn't we, to watch the uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Shout out to Creaky Mitch Creek, big fan <laughs> of the podcast. Um, and I'd had a couple of red wines, and it was after some some tournament. I don't know. And they said, "Can you go and have a couple of shots?" And how would I go, Danny? You went pretty well. We Slushed the first two threes. Video footage to back it up, which I reckon you watched 500 times within about an hour. NBLs, thanks for sharing that on your social <laughs> What's the What's the most common question you get asked when strangers come up to you meeting you for the first time? Can you feel your dick? Is it really? Yeah, bloody oath. People ask all the time, and the answer is yes. Just ask my girlfriend. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that would be it. There you go. All uh, right. Well, that wasn't exactly the answer I was expecting, no, but I like it. I reckon, I reckon that one and, you know, people asking what happened, but I think people kind of know now. Yeah. Or people often ask, would they, like, would you rather be born in a wheelchair yeah, and yeah. not know yeah. or lose it later in life? Yeah. I, I can't answer that, but the one thing I would say is people that have an accident when they're 25 years old, they have support of a girlfriend, boyfriend, footy club, netball club. They've got people around them. Yeah, yeah. Growing up with a disability, the hardest thing is getting friends yeah because people kids You've are brutal. always had it yeah because yeah. kids are brutal yeah so m- sometimes it's easier to know you know have that support network but you know maybe it's harder to know what it's like to kick a foot in and lose it but in saying that i don't know what it's like i'd love to know what it's like so h- how long is a piece of string yeah it's a pretty hard question to answer yeah what's that what's something about you that not many people know um good question uh i once ran over the toes of the dalai lama with my wheelchair <laughs> I was in I was in Argentina. I was playing tennis when I was fourteen. Came out of a came out of an elevator, and there was a red velvet rope, and I went under it. I was like, "What's this stupid rope here?" I was like, "I don't line up for anything. I never line up because line, you know, when you're in a wheelchair, you cut the line." And I just went under it, and I ran straight into the ankles of the dog, like in with my wheelchair, like straight into it. I was like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "Hello," and I was like, "G'day." We were off. Sorry, sorry about that, brother. Yeah, so I know the Dalai Lama. Big fan of the podcast. Big, <laughs> big fan. What's uh? Where do you see yourself career-wise in five years' time? Is you still playing tennis? You do a lot in the media at the moment. Um, what yeah, do you, I think what do you want to be doing? I'll go to Tokyo 2020. You know, that's what we're training for at the moment together, mate, and things like that. And then I'll see after that. Mm. Um, I love what I would do on TV and radio because the impact you can have is massive. And when I was growing up. You know, we as a disabled community never saw anybody like ourselves, you know, like there was not enough people like me on TV and I hated that. I didn't know anyone. Mm. And that, you know, when, when you did see someone like you on TV, it was um, a road safety ad or something where someone drink drives and shit and then the next scene someone depressed out because their life's over. So that's not my life. No. But everyone thinks that's my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why couldn't Brad Pitt be in a wheelchair? Jimmy Fallon be in a wheelchair? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like why exactly. not? So that could be it. I have no idea. But, you know, as I said, I've... Um, I'm, you know, really in a really happy relationship with Chantel. We want to have a family and whether we do it here, we would love to go overseas for a while. Mm. I've got no idea, but there's a lot going on. And, um, you know, I'm loving my work that I do when I'm on um, Austheria now. So the hit network, so like Fox FM or Today FM, where yeah. you're listening. And I love radio as well. Yeah. So, got a good um, head for radio. Actually. Got a great head for radio. Man, here's he, a couple of ugly guys <laughs> with good voices. Um, so, you know, uh, who knows what could happen with that stuff. What, you've done a lot of travel around the world with both basketball and tennis, and obviously you said before you went around um, backpacking as well. What's what's one of the favourite places you've been to? Oh, my favourite joint's probably Berlin. Um, good vibes, good fun there. Um, I love I love anywhere with lots of concrete, uh, as you can imagine. <laughs> so Berlin and no, uh, not many hills, and not many hills, and New York, and New York. Manhattan, yeah, okay, yeah, as well. Um, they're probably my two favourite, and Tokyo is pretty sick as well. Um, I think in that order. So I'd go Berlin, New Manhattan. 
like New York and, mm. then, and then Tokyo. Um, and But in saying that, I'm so lucky that I go around the world traveling and then I go home to Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne is the best joint. Yeah, we're lucky, aren't we? I'm so lucky that I live here. You know, I'm, I'm never like, oh, shit, I've got to go home. It's always yeah. like, you know what? Because there's always something going on, yeah. Yeah. Um, outside of tennis, what, what sports are you a fan of watching yourself? Man, I love um, NBA. Yeah. Uh, it's probably my uh, most watched sport outside of, um, or oh, probably watch more than tennis, to be honest. But mm. I love all, you know, I was love AFL. I, I, I would have played footy as well if I was able-bodied. I mm. love it as well. Go for Carlton. So we're obviously shit house, but yeah. on, on, on the way up, Mighty Blue Boys. <laughs> Shout out to Paddy Cripps if you're listening. Big fan of the podcast. Um, uh, on the way up, I'm excited for what's happening for Carlton. But yeah, I love anything. Cricket. I'm pretty, I'm luckily I've got good hand-eye coordination, so I'm not bad at a little bit at all sports. So, you know, I'm yeah. like mucking around doing everything. Yeah, awesome. And um, last question, before you go out for a Grand Slam um, match, what's what's the headspace? Do you do anything before the game, um, like a routine that you like to stick to to get yourself in the in the zone or in that flow state when you go out and play? Yeah, I try and not think too much of it, like in, be happy and, and, you know, be myself. Uh, I, I go through stages where I'm trying to be serious and I always play not as well. Okay. But that's just me personally. But in saying that, um, I use music as a great medium to mm. concentrate. So I love hip-hop um, and rap music and I listen to like, you know, songs that I know all the lyrics to before I go out there. Hey, little tip as well. If you're nervous before a test, before a presentation at work, before playing sport, one thing that they tell you is when you're out there is to sing lyrics that you remember. Helps you calm down. Okay. Don't know if you've ever tried that before. So yeah. um, I always listen to the same song before I go out there. It's the Wu-Tang Clans, oh, yeah. Protect Your Neck. I know every word and I rap it as I'm going on to court and everyone goes, oh, what's Dylan's talking to himself? But I'm actually <laughs> rapping gangster rap to myself. And it honestly helps me calm down. So because all you're thinking about is the, the lyrics. You're lyrics, not thinking yeah. about anything else. anything else. And makes you calm, slows your heart rate, um, really helps you get feel better. So yeah, things like that. But you know, I think also... When you play in Rod Laver Arena in front of 8,000 people or whatever, it's pretty nerve-wracking, but you got to enjoy the pressure. you got to enjoy the nerves. Yeah. Don't shy away from yeah. them. Like it's, that's what you train for, yeah? yeah? Look around, see all the familiar faces, get out. And I guess to understand as well, it's a normal thing. Yeah. If you're not feeling nervous, there's probably something wrong. 100%. Like what? Yeah. If you're not yeah. feeling nervous, go to something else. Yeah. Like 100% you should be nervous, but yeah. people shy away from the nerves and they don't perform well. Yeah. So you got to suck them in and, you know, go, shit, yeah, this is why I'm here. Mm. And, you know, to everybody that supported my journey and things like that, you know, um, I can't thank you enough because I'm so lucky. And, you know, back when I used to play tennis, five people used to watch me five years ago. That was it. And now, you know, a million people watching on TV and things like that. It's changed my life. So to everyone that's listening to this podcast and that, I really appreciate it. And, you know, check me out on my Instagram, at Dylan Olcott, if you want to see some of those sick workout videos. Yeah, sick workout vids. No, I'll have the links to your social media and stuff in the show notes. Um, so, guys, oh, first of all, Dill, thanks for joining the show, mate. Mate. Thank Appreciate you, it. and to all in you know from the bottom of my heart, mate. Thanks for all the work we're doing together. I'm really Pleasure. seeing the uh, progress, and hopefully we can have another chat on this after Tokyo with two more shiny gold medals. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, which I'm sure you have, and you've taken some value from it, make sure you take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram story for me now, and tag myself and tag Dylan. Um, also, make sure you tune in to watch Dill at the Oz Open and uh, the Paralympics next year. Shit, yeah. Um, take, take home that gold shit, medal. I have my shirt off because I'm make sure ripped. You, make sure you watch out for him rolling out on the court singing uh, singing to himself and just rapping. You should use my arms. I'll be ripped by then. I'll be, be, shredded I'll by be then. so ripped I might be walking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in uh, to this episode. Make sure you tune in again next week and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hope you're having a fantastic day and I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.